attentive are you in your day-to-day life from moment to moment? How mindful are you? How often do you find yourself lost in your own thoughts? How often do you find yourself drift through your day, sort of mindlessly going through the motions, thinking about what happened in the past or projecting yourself into a future that doesn't exist? If you're anything like most people, a lot of your life is spent not being conscious or cognizant of what is happening right now in this present moment. Um, And instead, you're lost in thoughts, thoughts of regrets or worries, right? And when you regret, you're looking backwards. When you worry, you're looking forward. I've said this in earlier episodes of this podcast, both of which both of what you're doing when you're regretting and or you're worrying is a type of hallucination, right? You're, you're seeing in the present, you're standing and you're envisioning either a, a horrific future, which is what you worry about, right? And you're, you're visualizing a future that you do not want to experience, right? Or you are replaying, you know, aspects or elements of your past experiences And that's what you find in regret. And all the while, your present moment is sort of being lost. And the richness of it is being lost. Um, And you're stuck in hallucinations, either projecting projecting yourself to the future um, or to a probable future or, you know, drifting away in regret um, of things that happened in the past. Or you're preparing for an upcoming event or trying to escape from this present moment as, uh, as much and as often as possible. If, if you're either imagining uh, something that you desire or you're hoping for something, right? The majority of us spend most of our lives mentally escaping from the present. And the thing that's wild is that the present really is the only thing that you have that's tangible. It's like right now. So you're listening to me speak right now. Everything else is an intangible sort of, I like using the term hallucination because if you're imagining something while you're awake, you're seeing something, right? When you when that voice in your head starts to think and your eyes kind of glaze over, you're seeing something. If you're thinking about what happened in the past or you're projecting yourself into the future, that thought process that's occurring that kind of sinks you in, um, it's a hallucination. I like that word as hallucination because it speaks to the severity of the seriousness of all the action that a lot of us find ourselves doing. And what makes it a, a hallucination, it's not just like you're daydreaming, um, particularly when you're anxious or you worry, what that future that you're constructing in your mind of something that you're worried about or anxious about, your mind treats that hallucination, that visualization as though it's something that's actually real and then you physiologically react to it. And that's what people call life, right? Day to day to day, we're all sleepwalkers, daydreaming for the most part, right? There's just, there's a routine that we do. You get up at a certain time, you know, every morning, you know, you go use the bathroom, then you go shower, then you drive to work or sit at the computer and your mind is doing something else while your body might be typing or scrolling or whatever. And there's just this constant chatter in your brain just going all the time. And what it's telling you it's talking to you. It's it's telling you about something that you didn't do or something that you did wrong in the past and or what you're going to do and hopefully you do a good job and hopefully you can <laughs> it meets whatever expectations or reality meets whatever expectations that you've set for it. That's what people do day in, day out, day in, day out continuously so they die and they call that life majority of our lives are spent either dreaming while we sleep, whether or not we remember it, or dreaming while we're awake, which is sleepwalking, right? Which is a type of sleep sleepwalking. And our bodies are so automated that at any point in time, 
you can wake up and sort of look around and find yourself in a situation where you don't even remember necessarily how you got there. There's this like kind of recurring joke where, you know, you walk into a kitchen. Yeah. And then you're like, wait, what am I doing in this kitchen? Right. Um, And it's not really a joke, but it's an experience that we've all had. Um, And we kind of laugh it off like, oh, yeah, I've had that. That's totally relatable. But nobody really, very few people stop and ask yourself, why are you having that experience where you're not conscious of what your body is doing to the point where you wake up of whatever super that you were in and find yourself in a circumstance, in a situation um, that your body has placed itself in that you're not present. And that's ultimately what this episode is going to be about, um, presence. Um, Well, one of the few things that this episode, at least that's my intent, Um, Who knows where this actually is going to go, but that's my intent here. Um, The reason why I wanted to talk about this today is because a couple of days ago, um, I uh, I found myself looking um, online for a virtual reality uh, game. You know, Christmas is a couple weeks from now, and I wanted to... Actually, is it next week? Okay, I guess that's next week. (laughs) And, uh, um, And I found myself looking for, you know, severe you know, like a PS5 or Oculus or whatever. Um, And I spent time kind of like searching through Amazon, looking for, um, uh, reading through reviews that were, you know, talking about the Oculus Rift. Um, And suddenly it hit me like, what are you doing? You know, like, what are you doing? And I stopped. Now, I don't know if I if I mentioned it in this take, probably not. Sorry, before I like start recording an episode, I do several takes to figure out what I'm going to talk about. And, and it's kind of hard to figure out whatever we talked about. So if I'm repeating myself, bear with me. Um, but in previous episodes, I talked about how I was doing a deep dive into Osho. Well, somehow, sometime this week, I just arbitrarily decided that I was going to revisit Eckhart Tolle and... Um, and I started listening to The Power of Now, um, and then I moved on to A New Earth. Or I might have listened to A New Earth first, and then I listened to The Power of Now. And as I talk about this, uh, I realized, yeah, I actually mentioned it. If I, it doesn't matter. Just stay, stay with me. This is important. Um, but in A New Earth, it talked about mindfulness, and, and he mentioned how in like a Buddhist monastery, they practice uh, mindful meditation and you make just walking a meditation. You make sitting silently doing nothing, a meditation. Um, You make, he mentions just looking, um, the act of just sitting and observing everything, a meditation. I remember reading um, a biography of uh, Leonardo uh, da Vinci, and it talked about he would for hours just sit and stare at like a tree or plant um, and just like observe, you know, just study things. Um, but to me, that was, uh, that read to me, like a mindfulness meditation. And so all of that kind of flashed into my my mind as I was like scrolling through looking, you know, comparing the VR uh headsets and it hit me like, Joe, you're 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 trying to spend money. I don't remember how much they cost, but let's say five hundred bucks or whatever on a system that mimics a system that you're already in. All right. So I'm going to say that again. I'm trying to spend money on a system that mimics a system that we're already in. What I mean by that is I rail all the time, particularly on this podcast, um, about the nature of reality. And I always talk about how, you know, physicists are saying that we are living in a simulation. And more and more, you know, evidence is pointing to that fact. And yet... While I found myself, when I say to you, your ego, you know, is a false persona and that's not who you really are. And I've said to you, when you look in the mirror, the person that looks back at you, it's just a construct. It's a body that your consciousness is, you know, temporarily embodying. You are not the body. I can say that technically speaking, but for some reason, until that moment, it didn't click for me what that necessarily meant. I, I didn't really, you know, you can have head knowledge. Um, 
but then you don't necessarily apply it to like life. And so all this time, all these things I said to you guys and I've read, you know, okay, we're living in a simulation. Why would I try to buy a VR simulator that simulates the simulation that I'm already living in? And that thought just sort of like, literally like just like made me pause and like look up and I thought, huh, now what would happen if I started to, like instead of spending $600 on a VR system, why don't I like really delve into meditate on that thought process, on that mind, on that uh, idea rather that, okay, we're in a simulation. So I put my phone down and suddenly I heard this thought. I had this thought that said, think everything has its own sound effect. Everything in life has its own sound effect. Um, and so I remember picking up like, like my, my toothbrush. I had to brush my teeth. So I grabbed my toothbrush and the sound that it made when it hit the cup was like music. It was like ding. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I turned on the faucet turned on the hot water and then whoosh, here comes the sound of water rushing through through the faucet and I was like oh my gosh and then I took my toothbrush and you know put it under the stream of water and as that kind of ran over as the hot water ran over the brush the the sound of the toothbrush um interrupting the flow of the water that made a different sound and I grabbed my toothpaste and then I listened really closely to the sound of the toothpaste on my toothbrush and then I put the toothbrush in my mouth and I was like and I was like this is insane we would pay money like if I somehow developed a video game a VR game that simulated that had so many nuanced sound effects just from simple like imagine the video game the sims but now it's on vr and like literally everything you did had its own sort of intricate sound like i'm picking up a bag of pea snaps right now like chips right and that's its own sound um like the developer of that game would get awards for that for being for that for, for that game being so intricate right but that's real life <laughs> and we take this shit for granted. The richness of life. The the like go outside right now. It's you know the dead of you know winter, right? It's December. Maybe it's the beginning of winter, I don't know. And you go outside and as you open up your door, you feel the blast of cold air and it hits your skin and then your your pores kind of tense and you shiver. Like you can't pay money right now. For that experience, right? Like, we hope that in 10, 20 years that, you know, PlayStation develops a VR helmet that simulates those sort of experiences. But we're taking these experiences that we have right now for granted. Whatever you believe, whether you are, you know, a a theist or non-theist or... You know, ultimately, there is a certain richness in life, in our life experience, that we are all taking for granted. And when that dawned on me, all of a sudden, the voice in my head that, you know, complaining about what this person did or trying to, you know, criticize what that person did or prepare me for some event that's going to happen in a few hours or whatever seemed a lot less important. Like all of a sudden, I didn't want to listen to that anymore because I was like, whoo, what other sounds are there? And I, I literally found myself just sitting and 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 listening to like cars driving by, the, the hum of... um the the refrigerator you know going and and it's funny because I explained all of this to one of my friends and he was like you know that I've never really had that kind of experience um except when I was like on drugs (laughs) And, and I'm not on drugs um that was just me all of a sudden just consciously deciding you know, listening to the voice in my head, like, causes me, like, it's stressful. It's not pleasant, right? Worrying, regretting, anxiety, 
that's all that voice really drums up. And it's just, it's not interesting, you know, when all of, there's like, all of a sudden I was like, let me take a deep breath in. And I was like, wow, it must be amazing being a dog. Like think about how happy dogs are. Those guys have to be present, right? Because they're constantly in the moment, like just sniffing what's in the air? What is this? What is that? What can I, and they, I think it's like 300 times they smell better than us now. Imagine what kind of reality experience they're having. If I, once again, came out with a VR helmet that allowed you to smell, not just see, smell at 300 times what a human nose can smell and what you could pick up, that would be award-winning and that yet that's something that an animal does you know commonly you have the ability to to take a to take deep breaths and see what no or see smell what notes the air you know has for you like what can you smell you know and it's amazing because that's what people take drugs to have like that's the experience that people take drugs to have and I'm saying, why can't you just have that experience? Nothing against drugs, by the way. But I'm saying consciousness and presence, practicing mindfulness, right? Uh, being present in this moment is something that you can do through the act of meditation. You train your mind. Um, the, and it's basically, it will mimic the effects of drugs without you needing like an external, you know, stimulant to kind of recreate that, that action. Um, And then all of a sudden, like, I kind of found myself not, you know, normally, before I go paint for the day, you know, it's a habit, you, you pick up your phone, you scroll through, you start interacting with people. And I found myself going like, I don't even want to scroll through Instagram. I don't even want to scroll through Twitter. This isn't, there's, it's just letters. (laughs) It's like, it's like, it, it's like you having a PlayStation 4, which is, or PlayStation 5, that's, that's virtual reality, right? Equating our reality to PlayStation 5, right? And then somebody says here, negate all of that and play pong on like an atari and that's what we do when we spend hours scrolling through flat images on your cell phone on a tiny screen on your cell phone or just words on a tiny screen on your cell phone and that sucks in hours of people's lives a day and you're not even engaging any of your senses beyond just the one sense, which is just your sight. You're reading something. You're, it's not, you're not hearing anything. I mean, it, yeah, every once in a while you play a video and it's like, that's great or whatever. But there's no like taste, smell, you know, touch. All of that is missing beyond the, you know, the, the smooth, you know, glide of your of the glass on your iPhone screen, which I would guarantee you the majority of you listening to this right now haven't even yet paused to think about when you take your finger and you rub it up against the glass, what that feels like, the softness of that, right? Why would you, why would you spend hours doing that when there's so much more? And I promise you, I'm not high, guys. <laughs> like I've just, I've just been practicing mindfulness. Um, what I said in the earlier take that I deleted for recording this one um, was, like, if you read nothing else, if you listen to no, no other audio books, nothing else that I recommended um, this year in this podcast. If you make no other New Year's resolution, I implore you, please, read. A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. He's the same guy who who wrote uh, The Power of Now. Um, and don't don't just listen to it once because I didn't come to this <laughs> conclusion I came to this week on the first read or the second read or the third read. It was actually like the fourth or fifth read after reading other things and then coming back to it that all of a sudden I was like, holy shit. Yo, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> 
like, and once that kind of dawns on you, like, then you talk about, oh, well, we're addicted to social media. Like, how? How can you be addicted to social media when you, if you become conscious and present, you know, like, life is so much richer. You know, I, I'm reminded of the, the story, the belief of the Gnostics that say, that this world was created by an archon, like a false god, right? Who created, the architect who created this world, but it's not really God. Um, but it created this kind of false construct that we think of as reality um, so that it can reign supreme. And I kind of, I'm going to do it. I'm going to draw that comparison to like a Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg says he wants us to experience social media, right? And he 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 sells this idea of rich fulfilling relationships on social media but social media when he says social media he means the platforms that he controls um instagram and facebook and he wants they want you know jack from twitter as well they orchestrate i don't know if you've seen the social dilemma but they orchestrate their virtual reality um and that's why he's also created the oculus rift they they orchestrate this virtual realities to be as addictive as possible they want you spending as much time in this false construct of their own making and less time actually interacting in the real world um which they can't necessarily compete with but somehow we have in our minds and our society have given up all of this so that we could just swipe our fingers <laughs> repeatedly and watch video upon video upon video and consume right and eventually what's going to happen if we carry down this path is that you know oculus give it 20 years you know, a company, Facebook or a company like it, they're going to now come up with, you know, something like a Facebook VR, where now instead of, you know, you just pick up your phone and scroll through, you pick up your helmet and you enter into Twitter. And instead of your human body that you have, now you get like a cartoonish avatar that isn't capable of feeling, you know, even a tenth of what you can feel with your body, but it's new. It's, you know, it's something to do. And then you kind of go in and you can kind of touch other holograms and maybe there's no smell or anything like that, but maybe in a hundred years, you know, then you have, you know, they start incorporating the ability to, to smell and then each thing has its sound and taste or, or whatever. And then you end up exactly where the fuck we are right now. It's a cheap imitation. It's a cheap imitation. Their art, right? A person like Zuckerberg and and Jack, whatever his name is from Twitter, um, they are imitating this world and or life or this reality or this simulated reality or the matrix, whatever you want to call it. They're imitating it, and um, they're going to do to make it more and more like the world that we have now and yes we're all excited Ooh, technology like yay I can do x y and z I can you know video chat with my friends or I can text my friends but is not is that what what is a trade-off you're you're you you're giving up an element of control of experience that you have in the real world and i use the real loosely because you guys understand what i believe um as far as the simulated nature of this reality but you're giving up something that's a richer experience if you want to say that we're living in the simulation which i keep saying right whoever constructed this simulation um it's more nuanced it's a richer experience than the virtual reality simulation that we're starting to see sort of crop up. Get it? Right? So why why you have this life, right? And in this experience. And and what your trade-off is, is that you're willing to trade, let's say, so you sleep eight hours a day. 
All right. And then for the rest of the day, you're working. Let's say you have four or five, six hours of downtime. All right. You have a choice in how to live that those six hours a day. We are spending six hours of that of that time. You could use it for a richer experience. Even so seriously, the the act of just sitting or walking around and feeling things like like taking your socks off and putting it putting your foot down on a cold ground, you can't get that experience on any PlayStation. You just can't, you know, you just can't. Um, and I'm not saying that those, you know, these video games don't have their merits. Like, you know, you, you also can't drive 100 miles per hour and flip your car 60 times and then, you know, walk away from that. <laughs> um, although maybe you can. Um, but no, no, no. But I mean, as far as we know, uh, you, you can't, right? There are consequences. But that's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about here is most people, the majority of people who are spending time, you know, out of our present reality and, and entering into a virtual reality like Instagram or Twitter aren't, you know, racing, right? They're scrolling endlessly watching a video. It's just their finger and their eyes and their fingers and their eyes. That's not a rich experience. And for the short amount of time, theoretically, that we have to play this game of life, if you look back and realize that you spent 25 years, right? Let's say you live to be 75 years old and you look back and, you know, if you cut out the time you spent sleeping, which is a third of your life, and you cut out the time you spent eating, you cut out the time you spent at work and you cut out the time that you spent socializing. If you look back and you, you sort of sectioned your life and realize you spent 25 years of your life just scrolling <laughs> when you could be looking at your friends faces or touching somebody's hair or just sitting and watching the birds like even it, like we binge watch tv shows which okay it's great you know a lot of the time it's predictable and a lot of these sceneries are you know gorgeously shot but i don't care what television you know you have right now or how expensive your TV set is, you can't beat what's right outside your window. This episode is going to click for people, for some people and for others, maybe it won't. But try it. it. It took me a while to get here. And it may not take you as much time, but... If you are already sort of predisposed to playing video games, why don't you try approaching life, like really living life like it is a simulation? Um, I guarantee you it's much more interesting being present and existing in the now than, you know, playing back experiences from your past, which is this, you know, hazy, grainy memory thing or projecting yourself into a future, you know, when you worry or anticipate or you hope, right? There's a certain richness that is inherent in the now that we are missing when we are glaring endlessly into our phones. I've seen people say this, I think towards the end of the social dilemma documentary, you know, the guy was like, go outside. And you hear people say, say that. And then you kind of just dismiss it like, oh, what's outside? Um, so I'm not going to say that to you because I've said that, you know, I've heard it said to me and it didn't really mean anything, but, or at least it didn't at the time, but so don't start with going outside, start with just sitting, just sitting. Um, there's this phrase that the Buddhist monks kind of echo where they say it's sitting silently doing nothing. Um, and for me, because I spend so much time listening, my meditation wasn't from like, wasn't a visual meditation, right? Some people, uh, Osho had mentioned that when he meditated, he would just sit and watch everything, observe life, and just being so locked in to what he saw, it made him presence, and that present, rather, and that presence 
grounded him and brought him peace. And then uh, Eckhart Tolle, for him, his was observing space, right? Because for him, form, your body, right? Um, the materialism. Form was what got in the way of, you know, perceiving the eternal, what he called God. So he would not look, he would look at a room, but he wouldn't look at what was in the room. He would look at the space. And that would remind him that it was space that was more important than things, right? And for him, that was his meditation. I had a hard time with that. Um, I did try. For me, because I love listening so much and because I spent so much time, you know, just like listening to audible and audiobooks and podcasts and things of that nature, sound became meditation for me. And not even just listening to podcasts and stuff. I also love music. And so everything kind of became like, in my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, like there's a kind of a symphony happening that I could turn everything into like a kind of a like a, like an instrument in a way. And that was what helped me with my meditation was just listening to the sounds that everything made. Um, and the more I did it, the, the more sort of present I became. So much so that eventually what happened was then that voice would kind of pop in, you know, the voice in your head that would want to like pull me into the past or pull me into the future. But all of a sudden, I didn't find that voice interesting to listen to anymore because you know when that voice in your head is talking it's still a voice right you can't listen to the voice in your head you can't think right if somebody's talking to you because the act of thinking if 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 that voice in your head really was you then the thinking would just kind of happen right you wouldn't have to listen when you think but when you're thinking it's there's this voice in your head and it's literally talking to you which is why a lot of people play music you know because that music drowns out the voice. Um, but for, for me, with my, with my exercise of just listening to the things that just my day-to-day life, the sounds that my day-to-day life was making, like the sound I made when I walked or, you know, the sound that everything was making, you know, when I touch things or move things or close things, um, all of a sudden when that voice started wanting to kind of come in, it wasn't as loud anymore. It wasn't as like, thick anymore it wasn't as I don't know it just it didn't command my attention so much anymore as 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 it had in the past and all of a sudden I found myself not really that interested in listening to that and becoming even more interested in just the world that I was in that I am in and that has been my practice this week and as a result I've noticed that I'm less reactive, um, more contemplative, um, more patient. And overall, there's just more joy. I feel the sense of like kind of detachment and lightness that I only really feel when I'm high. Um, I've said before on this podcast, you know, we live in a situation where you can, you wake up and you wake up in pain right? You never really seem to wake up in pleasure, <laughs> right? Like you wake up and all of a sudden like you got a back pain or your neck's off or, you know, you, you just have like you just spontaneous moments of pain. How come we don't have spontaneous moments of pleasure? But I realized at this practice just this week that actually, <laughs> believe it or not, practicing mindfulness is the counter to those moments where you experience spontaneous moments of, uh, of, of, of pain, like just touching your scalp and not thinking of anything, not being distracted by anything and literally just scratching your head feels amazing. Oh my God. (laughs) Right. Like just paying attention, putting your hand, like when you're in the shower and letting the hot water just like hit your body, like the warmth of it. You're not thinking of anything else. You're not wondering, okay, what's happening? What's it, when is this thing due? Like literally just standing in the shower, 
and letting the warmth like kind of overpower you and overcome you and just feeling how the water hits your skin and the steam kind of breeze and like really just turning even a shower where you're just mindful and present can be extremely, extremely pleasurable. Extremely pleasurable. Now imagine if you just developed a daily habit of not being distracted by this, that, and the other, right? Of not, you know, multitasking. Like literally multitasking is like the worst thing you can do. And we're we're steadily being encouraged to do it, right? Like, oh, this is a really bad habit that people have developed. Like you're trying to have a conversation with somebody and as they're talking to you, like they're still scrolling through their phone, right? Um, not only is it rude, they're they're doing themselves a disservice because you're you're not really you're toggling back and forth and there's no peace there you know the reason why artists uh and i can speak for myself being an artist but why i love the creative process one of the reasons why i love the creative process is that even though sometimes it's challenging being able to sit and be fully absorbed in something they, they call it um i forget what the terminology is um, but it's like basically being like in the zone when you create. Um, art, um, uh, athletes are like that too, where their mind shuts off, their body just kind of is on, you know, is like doing its own thing. They're not even thinking. Like the moment they, it's like watching a dancer, right? They say like, dancers don't think when they dance, they just let the music kind of move through them. The moment they start thinking, left foot, okay, right foot, the moment mind gets involved, that's when everything kind of stops. Um, but it, I think it's called Satori when you, you're just like, maybe not Satori, but when you're just so in the zone of what you're doing, you know, if you play music and you're just like listening to what you're playing, your fingers are just kind of doing it and you've become the instrument, right? Um, that moment is very pleasurable, um, now, imagine you don't have to just, you know, sit and paint for hours to feel that, right? Imagine you can bring on that feeling at any point in time in your life that you have when you create, when you do something you enjoy, when you're not, you know, when you perform a hobby or whatever, um, or something creative. But imagine you can, you can feel that at the drop of a hat, just sitting you know, no book, you know, in your hand, although books can become a meditation because once again, you're not thinking your voice on your head is off. The author's thoughts are in and you're just pulled into the story. Um, but just like I said, when you play an instrument, you become the instrument a part of the instrument and to the point where the music plays you the same thing when you paint, right? You become the paintbrush and the art you know, kind of paints through you. It it creates itself. You just happen to be the tool in which it's using to kind of, you know, manifest itself. I think the same can be said about when you allow yourself to be present, when you are, when you are fully, fully in the now, when you are fully, <clears throat> excuse me, when you are fully absorbed in what is happening right now. One of my friends is telling me like, when they do their laundry, they prefer to talk. So to just to distract from the mundane of folding laundry, um, or they listen to podcasts. It's like anything to fast forward through this moment in life. That's a bad habit in my opinion, because life is these little moments. And there's gonna come a time in your life when you won't be able to do that anymore. And that you really just wish that you could do that why not enjoy it then you know like when you fold when you go and grab your laundry when you feel the warmth of the clothes out of the dryer and that kind of how you pay attention to how the heat gets absorbed into your body and then the feel of your towels the feel of your clothes and really every time you catch your mind wandering you know, about zoning out and thinking about what happened in the past or what you're going to do, pull it back in and start thinking of how does this feel? And, you know, 
pull, look deeply into the textile and, and the fabric and, and really take it in. Involve all your senses. Smell, you know, the the detergent. See how if you can still smell the detergent, if you can smell the heat from, you know, the, the dryer and the impact that it's had on your clothes. Um, I I guarantee you, I guarantee you that when you're done with that, you will feel lighter and more refreshed because that's, let's say, takes you 30 minutes of doing laundry. That's 30 minutes that your mind hasn't gone or been being able to just na 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 Right? It's just, you're not worried about the past. You're not worried about the future, which, you know, Toli and Buddhists and Osho and Lao Tzu, all of these thinkers and philosophers all say these are figments of your imagination. What happened in your past is no more. What's going to happen in the present is not. All you have right is now, right? Tomorrow never really comes. Just because you go to sleep and wake up doesn't make it tomorrow, right? Just because the sun rises and sets doesn't make it tomorrow. We as human beings created this arbitrary construct of time, um, which is obviously defined by, um, you know, the location of the sun and earth, I should say, in location to the sun. That's it, right? Um, But everything else is just now. And so if you spend most of your life hallucinating while ignoring the present moment, you're, you're going to live a life that's predominantly fear, worry, and anxiety with little enjoyment of what is. Yeah, every once in a while, you might get pulled into a moment. Like, let's say, you know, while you're having sex, you have an orgasm. It's that intense, like orgasms are just so intense, right? That you, like, it forces you into the present. Like, you can't, you can't have an orgasm and think, oh, shit, like, what do I have to, like, your brain just shuts the fuck up for however many seconds. And it's just now. Um, Now, imagine you can take that feeling, but stretch it out, like, disperse it throughout the day. And that feeling stems from your mind hyper-focusing on the present, hyper-focusing in and on the reality that you have found yourself in. We are trading, we are trading our reality experience for a cheap imitation. Every time you pick up your phone and scroll through social media, you scroll through Facebook and you scroll through Instagram. I'm not saying you can't utilize it as a tool. I'm saying if you have a friend that's on there that you've connected with, pick up the phone and call them. And then set up a video conference. Talk to people. Look at their faces. Listen to what they have to say. Laugh. Put the phone down. Tell jokes. Experience life. And if it helps... Pretend, pretend that you're in a, in a simulation right now. Pretend that your life is a simulation. Pretend, instead of going out and buying a virtual reality helmet, why don't you sit right now, pick up an imaginary VR helmet, close your eyes, put it on your head, now open your eyes. Now imagine you are right now in the best, like you're, you have, this is a PlayStation 20 and you are playing The Sims, right? And you are, yeah, it's super advanced. You can touch things, you can taste things, you can cook. Live your life like that and see how much richer life is. The reason why video games, you know, sell so well is because once again, it's, it's something that forces you to be present. It forces you to be mindful, right? But you can have that experience. I'm not saying don't play video games, but I'm saying you can have that same experience right now in this reality, in this construct. They want you to trade this rich construct with its sounds and its tastes and its smells and its experiences and you have all these senses that you're blessed you can hear my voice you can hear when I take a breath in 
when I exhale, right? Like these are things that add depth and richness to life. And we take this shit for granted. And instead, we pick up our phones and we scroll for hours. Or we sit and stare at a TV and watch some, you know, an imitation of life. Not saying there's anything wrong with watching TVs or movies. I, I personally love Star Trek. Um, right now, that's what I'm binge watching. Um, but, but you know, there's room for both. There's room for during the day, instead of getting lost in some bullshit, you know, hallucination and imaginations of, you know, worst case scenarios and fears and all of that and regret, why don't you just like turn your everyday life into a VR game experience? Pretend you are in a VR simulation, which I've been saying that we are, (laughs) and live your life accordingly. So yeah, when you um, when you go brush your teeth, right? Instead of allowing your mind to drift, bring it to the moment. Bring it to now. Pick up your toothbrush. Put the toothpaste on there, right? Take a deep breath. Smell it. Hmm, minty. What is that? What is that? Right? See if you, all the things you can smell. Turn on the faucet. Listen to the sound. Hmm. Put your toothbrush under the water. Hear the change in sound, right? When you put their toothbrush to your mouth, taste the toothpaste. Brush your teeth. Feel the texture. Feel the bristles moving against your gum, against your 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 enamel, right? And taste the taste of the toothpaste. Feel all that and then ask yourself, like, Honestly, how much would I pay for this experience that I'm having right now if I could have this on a virtual reality game console and I and I have this experience on a daily basis and I take it for granted and I allow my mind to wander and whisper nothings to me when I could just be deeply I mean just brushing your teeth the experience experience of brushing your teeth can be profound and and you know laying down under the blankets you know with the heater on um and feeling that like feeling how that feels can be profound and like when your friends talk listening to what they're saying like they're telling you a story like they're characters in a game telling you you know a quest that you're about to go on or something like that like pretend that you know they're just you're in the sims and they're they're a sim that you're you're friends with and you're you're not listening to think about what you're going to say that's profound you're just listening for the information that they have and listen to their voice and how it Actually, when you listen to voices, there's like each person's voice is like tri-layered. There's like a bass to it. There's like a whisper on top. And then there's a middle tone. Like these are nuances. Try to catch the different nuances in life. And I guarantee you, if you can make this a habit and make this a practice, you will feel so much better. You, you you will wake up with the zeal for life and this ex- excitement for life that you haven't had in a very long time since you were a kid um, because society obviously has taught you to take those things for granted. But while corporations are trying to sell you that, that same experience, but in limited, you know, uh, in limited fields. Um, but just when you taste something, taste it. You know, people smoke weed and they're like, food tastes so good. It's like, no, that food tastes good without the weed. All the weed does is force you to be super mindful of, you know, flavor. But you can train your mind to be as though you're high all the time without you actually having to take drugs. Like, all the drugs do is allow your brain to do something that you can naturally do on its own. All you have to do is train your mind to do it. If you can train your mind to, you know, get up every day and work out or go to the gym or lift, you can train yourself to be present and uh, subsequently to be happy and to to find joy in 
the only tangible thing that you have right now, the only tangible moment that you have right now, not in time, not in the past, not in the future, but in right now. We spend too much time, you know, desiring something. When when I have this, I'll be happy. When I have that, I'll be happy. But the fact of the matter is, if you can't be happy now, you're not going to be happy when. You're just not. Because even in that car, if you, if you, let's say you aspire to have a car, if you practice, if your daily meditation is, is spent on you focusing on the thoughts that your mind is um, speaking or saying to you, you're going to be having that, that, that same, those same thoughts and anxieties in your Ferrari as you are right now in your Toyota, that you're just going to have a moment where let's say you do get the Ferrari for the, for one moment, that desire, those thoughts kind of dissipate. And then your mind just finds something else to talk about for you to chase. Right. And so then you're constantly in this chasing moment. You're constantly chasing imaginary moments while neglecting, while training your mind to neglect the present moment. If you do that every day, your, your, your life will never be rich. And and your experiences that you choose that you you have that you chase right like oh I want to go to this restaurant or I want to travel but while you're traveling your mind is now chasing another experience and another experience because you're you're you never once taught yourself trained your mind to enjoy the now if you can't train your mind to enjoy the now what makes you think you'll be able to enjoy the then that you're hoping for. Anything you do on a daily basis becomes a habit. So if you're constantly escaping the present, then you've formed a habit of escaping the present, which means that you'll never be able to enjoy the present wherever that present takes you. If you're, if you're in your mind chasing a a future uh, where you're in a car or you're in a house that you you know always wanted or or job that you've always wanted right you're constantly chasing that when that moment happens you won't be able to enjoy it so you're setting yourself up for suffering in the future by not training your mind to enjoy the now I'll say that again you're setting yourself up for suffering in the future no matter what you get by not training your mind to enjoy the now. If you aspire for something in the future, it's fine to to have that, you know, okay, this is what I want. But you won't be able to enjoy that if you don't train your mind to enjoy now because that thing that's going to happen will be experienced in the now. That thing that you want to happen will be experienced in the now. And if you spend the majority of your life avoiding the now and anticipating some other moment, then that moment that you have been anticipated, when it comes, you won't be able to enjoy it. You will not enjoy it. Practice mindfulness and practice mindfulness now. You're in a simulation this is life. This is, this is p- pretend you, you are, your consciousness has been uploaded <laughs> into a PlayStation 20. And that's what you subscribe. Every time you go to sleep, you log off, right? And then you log back in and live accordingly. I'm telling you, you, you will, you'll be happy for it.